0: All right, y'all, the hour three of the chasem's podcast coming up in just one second hope you guys enjoyed lana sports guys and uh andrew sharp of the goat pod uh earlier on today's program you can check those out on the podcast player feed uh all those episodes in order you can check that out hours one and two there um you can also get ready to check out jay Sawaski, who came on this very program of ch Sports and who covers the blackhawks extremely well and it was great being able to talk with jay about uh, the blackhawks uh, why this season did not go as expected the long off season that awaits them Patrick Kane's future Tay's future um why they really need a goalie and who might be a good fit there if Kyle Davidson's the guy long term who will be the next coach could it be Barry Trotz who knows um all that and more coming up with Jay in just one second don't forget folks you can uh you can email this very program at gmail.com. You can tweet at me at Thomas. Like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash writer. Read me, all my sports content over there at Sports Renaissance Man. That's me, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Type in an email, subscribe today if you have not already done so. And check us out on YouTube. Yeah, you can watch this episode and every other episode of this very program on YouTube. Go check us out, youtube.com. Type in the Chase podcast and like and subscribe. That would be great. And yeah, all right, hour three as we wrap up this Saturday, June 4th edition here on the Chase Most Podcast on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Uh, coming up in just one second. Uncle Darren, how'd I do? Nope, that's not what I say. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast, the Chase Thomas Podcast. <laughs> um, My nephew needs me to record. See, I hate I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back here on the Chase Most Podcast, taping this on a Friday afternoon with one of my favorite blackhawks, NHL guys, uh old co-worker here at Blue Wire Pods. Yeah. It's Mr. Jay zawoski Jay, good afternoon, sir. How are you?
1: I'm great. Good to be here. Talking Hawks in June, just like I imagined. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, they have an interesting offseason ahead of them. This is gonna be an interesting summer for them. Um I wanted to start though when you, now that the season's over and you've had a few weeks to think about it, um, did this season for you go about as what you expected it to go for Chicago?
1: No, they way, hmm. way, 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 way underachieved. Um, when this season began and they signed uh, or they traded for Marc Andre Fleury, they traded mm. for Seth Jones, they signed Jake McCabe, uh, people were thinking playoffs were mm. a possibility for this team. Now, you know, they're not great, they're not a cup contender by any means, but. They're a team with the roster as it was, as it was built, should have contended for a playoff spot. Instead, with Jeremy Calton as their head coach, they went one, nine, and two out of the gates. And before you could even really react to the season, it was over. Mm-hmm. They had, with that start, they were effectively eliminated in the first month or two of the season. And then the rest was try to salvage what you could. Jeremy Calton was fired. Derek King was brought in to be the interim head coach, a tag, which he still has. Mm. Um, I'm sure we're going to get to that in a little bit as well. And um, it just, you know, Derek King kind of brought stability to the locker room a little bit. He talked to me on my Blackhawks podcast, CHGO Blackhawks, that, you know, when he walked in, it was fragile. It was broken. The team was mm-hmm. just completely mentally fried from uh not frankly not having a good coach a horrible start to the season flurry started bad jones started bad uh, jonathan taves score for something like 25 games it was about as disastrous of a start as you could have had and that derailed everything now when king took over after a little while things settled down and they looked a little bit better but still they just weren't there's just too many holes not enough that de- not enough depth and you can only ask patrick kane and alex to bring it to do so much
0: do you want to see King get the full time head coaching job?
1: I mean, looking at where the Blackhawks are right now, you don't really need to go find the next Joel Quenville, right? Mm. So, looking at back to when the dynasty began, you had, uh, or before the dynasty began, you had Trent Yanni, then mm-hmm. you had Dennis Savard, and those guys were sort of perfect in developing the young players, creating an atmosphere of growth and support. And positivity and all those things. Then, once that core was built and it was time to win, then the Hawks went out and brought in Joel Quenville and the rest is history, right? Mm -hmm. I look at the Chicago Cubs the same way with Ricky Renteria and Dale's fame. And then when it was time to win, they went and got Joe Madden, right? The White Sox have tried that with Tony LaRusso. Whether or not it it happens remains to be seen, but Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same approach. Yeah. Funny that it's Ricky Renteria with both teams, Mm -hmm. uh, quite honestly, but. Um, I, so to answer your question, I think Derek King would be fine. I don't see any of the marquee names on the market, like, uh, Barry Trotz or anyone like that really interested in coming to Chicago to lead what's going to be a long and very painful rebuild. I don't think any of the higher names in coaching have any interest in that right now. And you can't blame them. Yeah. So I think that Derek King is a fine option. If that's who they decide to go with, I'm cool with it. Um, but I hope they do. Their due diligence and talk to some candidates and, and pick some brains because why not? Right. It's what they did with their GM search is they interviewed a bunch of people and then ultimately decided to keep Kyle Davidson, remove the interim tag, but it's never a bad idea to talk to people and get some ideas. And I do know, um, sources tell me that they did reach out to Barry Trotz, mm. whether or not he wants to talk to them, whether or not that's happened or not. I don't know, but at least it seems like they're doing their due diligence and talking to the people they should be.
0: But do you think they would pivot? So it's like if Trot said yes, but you're gonna have to have the same mindset you had coming into this past year, where it's like we're not doing a long, painful rebuild. We're gonna try and figure this out with where we're at. And we're gonna build through the middle. Do you think that they would pivot that way for a big name like Barry?
1: I don't. I, okay. I think that they are, and they should be, fully committed to rebuilding this thing, hmm. uh, basically from the ground up. Like you've got uh, one year left to Jonathan is a ten and a half million. Patrick Kane. Same thing. They have identical deals, identical term. So they both expire at the end of this year. Now, Patrick Kane is a guy that you could consider re-signing. Maybe he wants to finish his career as the all-time leading Blackhawk scorer. Mm-hmm. That is within reach for him to, to surpass Stan Makita. It'd probably take three years or so for him to mm-hmm. do that if he continues at the rate he's at. Uh, but I think Jonathan Taves is ready to move on. I don't think he wants to be part of a rebuild. He was not necessarily the happiest camper this year. Um, So you're going to lose those two. At least one of those guys is probably going to walk away if you can't trade them. So then it's Alex to Seth Jones and what? Yeah, I, I just retooling the whole thing probably isn't going to work. That's what they've tried. That's what they've tried over the last five or six years and it just hasn't worked. And now their their rebuild is stunted when they probably should have done this, you know, in 2017 or 18.
0: If you had to pinpoint the biggest offseason question that you're most interested in them trying to answer, what is it?
1: They don't have a goalie. They just don't. I, Kevin Lankin is a free agent. Mm-hmm. Colin Dealey is a free agent. Uh, neither of those guys are great. I wouldn't mind them seeing bringing Kevin Lankin back on a short term, prove it deal. Um, Arvid Soderblom played very well in Rockford this year, but is not NHL ready. Their top goalie prospect, Drew Camesso, who's with the Team USA. Uh, in the world juniors is really, really good, but he's very young and not NHL ready. Um, one opportunity I'd like to see them explore is Peter Morazic from Toronto. The Hawks mm. are in a very unique situation where they haven't really been in the cap era where they're in position to take on some money to gain some assets. And Toronto is going to be looking to move some money out. And Peter Morazic is, I think he's 3.8 million for the next two seasons Um, and he's not their starter. It's a lot of money to have on the books for Toronto, so the Hawks can say, "Hey, you know, we'll give you, you know, uh, a third round pick for Peter Mrazek or or whatever, uh, or you give us something back for taking him, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe the Hawks throw someone like Connor Murphy because because the uh, Leafs are gonna be looking for a stay at home defenseman. Here's Connor Murphy. Give us Peter Mrazek in a first, Hmm. right? Like those are the sort of things that the Hawks had to do." to get rid of Brian Bickle's deal. They had to give up Tevo Taravainen. Think about that, right? So they're in position now to do that to other teams. So hopefully that's something they
0: take advantage of. Well, that will fall on the no longer interim GM Kyle Davidson. Based on what you've seen thus far, is he the right guy? Because this is something that I think a lot of folks miss. Uh, It doesn't matter which sport it is. It's just we see this over and over again where it's like, yeah, the long rebuild, like I understand. Like sometimes you have to reset and you have to do that. But there is not a worse situation that you can find yourself in as a sports fan than the wrong guy leading that rebuild. Because then, if you don't have the right guy who tears it down, then that next guy has to redo the whole teardown. Then you're just in the muck for an extended, horrific period of time. So if you're going to do that teardown, you're going to do the long rebuild, you better be dang sure this is the guy who will get you out of that muck and that he will see you through to the end. So... It's a lot of pressure on Davidson, who was an interim guy. Mm -hmm. As someone who knows this team inside and out, is he the guy that you would put your trust in to do the long, painful rebuild?
1: Well, it's hard for me to give you a definitive answer on that now Mm -hmm. because the interim tag was lifted in, what, March? Mm -hmm. Um, The deals he made have worked. Now, they haven't been any sort of earth-shattering. You know, he traded Alex Nylander for Sam Lafferty. That deal Mm -hmm. worked out. He traded Brandon Hagel to Tampa for two firsts. Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk. So that's two NHL players and two first round picks. That's a good deal. Uh, Got a second for Marc-Andre Fleury. That could have become a first if the uh, Wild had reached the conference final. Mm -hmm. Um, If the Oilers get to the cup final, this is not his trade, but the uh, third round pick for Duncan Keith becomes a second. Um, I'm just, I got to see how he drafts. I got to see how he handles free agency. But again, they're not looking to add a bunch of talent right now, right? What they mm. want to, or, you know, players. They're not going to go sign a bunch of veteran guys. Now, you might see guys at the end of their career that fill out the course, not spots. walking through that door. I would love to. If he did, that, I would take current day Peter Forsberg just because okay. he's my favorite ever. Well, hold on. <laughs> I don't want
0: to lose him. I don't uh, Forsberg staying here. I'm not. I'm not giving up Forsberg.
1: Oh, okay, you're talking about Philip Forsberg. Yes, I'm talking about the Forsberg. Oh,
0: you're talking about the Forsberg. Peter, okay. Peter Forsberg. Yeah, okay.
1: yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> which again, what is he? 44 or whatever. I'll, I'll take him. He um, is something like that. But um, you might see them sign a veteran guy towards the end of his career to fill out a roster spot on a one-year deal. They did it a couple of years ago with Chris Kunitz, who's now part of their uh, player
0: development. Something mm. like that could happen. He's but... 48, by the way.
1: Okay, good.
0: 48. I like, he yeah. wasn't even on my radar, like my 48 Goodness.
1: all-time favorite non-Blackhawk.
0: Oh, Forsberg. okay. He's just awesome.
1: But um, it, it's so the draft is really where it's going to be. And mm. his contract negotiations. And look, the, the, the big question that no one really seems to know the answer to is what's the future for Alex to bring it. Mm-hmm. He needs a contract too. are they going to sign him a long-term deal and have him be the face of the next era? Like him and Seth Jones, mm-hmm. are they going to be the next leadership or are they going to say, look, we need a lot. And right now we could trade Alex to it anywhere. We want maximize the return, get multiple first, maybe trade into the upper half of the first round this year or next and moving him I, there was some internet speculation, just nothing with anything sourced or anything, that the Devils might be willing to trade the number two overall pick this year for Alex hmm. DeBrinkett. As a Hawks observer and a guy that roots for the team, I'm not making that trade because hmm. looking at this draft, I don't see, um, aside from Shane Wright, any player becoming as good as Alex DeBrinkett. He's 24, 25 years old with his prime well ahead of him. I think he should be. The next long-term deal, the Hawks sign him and him, him and Seth Jones should run together as the two veteran leaders of this team as they rebuild. Um, but if Kyle Davidson thinks that he can get several top prospects and several top picks for Alex to it, if you're truly in a full rebuild, that's, you have to consider that, right? So that's going to be really interesting. How does Kyle Davidson manage the assets he has? That's what we need to find out.
0: Well, it's interesting. You haven't brought up Dylan Strom yet.
1: Well, it's funny because that, to me, is a guy that you, it it seems like an easy re-sign, right? He's not Mm going to be overly expensive somewhere in the fours, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have a ton of center depth because it appears that Kirby Dock is a wing. He can't win a face-off to save his life. We actually don't know how good of a player Kirby Dock even is at this point. Uh, If Jonathan Taves is unhappy, there's a chance he's moved this offseason, so your centers are... Lucas Reichel, mm-hmm. who's played eight, nine, 10 NHL games. And we don't know if he's an NHL center at all. Um, if you don't have Strom and you don't have Taves, you don't really have anything. Mm. You know, it's it's Tyler Johnson, who's a center wing. I, it almost feels like an essential to bring Dylan Strom back, hmm. especially if, if they move Taves before the draft or something. Um, but it doesn't sound like the Hawks are very committed to making that happen. Um, Kyle Davidson's gone out of his way to say we want guys that are consistent, that compete, that play a north and south game most of the time. Dylan Strome checks none of those boxes. He's an <laughs> offensive player. He mm-hmm. can put up points. And for the record, I like him and I want him back. But they've been very noncommittal on Dylan Strome returning. Now, of course, they've got to negotiate, right? Yeah. They've got to. And so you don't want to be like, oh, yes, Dylan Strome is absolutely part of our plans going forward. Yeah. We want him here long term that hurts you at the negotiating table. So again, these are the sort of things that we knew about Stan Bowman that we don't know about Kyle And is how does he negotiate? How does he handle um, comments in the media as it comes to players who are up against the contract or a contract negotiation? Um, there's just a lot of unanswered questions and and
0: that's just another one of them. If you had to guess, what do you think? Do you think Trump's back or no?
1: I don't think he's back okay i it just doesn't just reading the tea leaves it just doesn't feel like they want him back maybe they mm-hmm. trade his rights at the draft uh, maybe they can package his rights for something he is a restricted free agent mm-hmm. um, but it just doesn't feel like they want him back which is to me and this was so far my one knock on davidson was why didn't you get an asset for kelvin to at the deadline mm-hmm. he's walking away you're not going to bring him back you couldn't get a a fifth round pick for him mm-hmm. if you can get anything for him you move him uh and now if they're gonna let just let Dylan Strome walk for nothing that feels like a miss to me too and I, I think Dylan Strom wants to be here he's got great chemistry with Kane and DeBrinket. that line when they were together was excellent mm-hmm. Kane wants him back and, and that should mean something too um I it just doesn't feel like as of right now that he's in their future plans
0: so what does that mean for Kane though if Tays and um uh, leave Like, is that just like, he's going to be like, all right, I want out now too. Like I, yeah.
1: Yeah. So the question is for Patrick Kane, what's more important to you? Do you want Hmm. a chance to win another Stanley cup? Or do you want to be the all time Blackhawks leading scorer? Because those are kind of the two options. And part of me feels like the Hawks might want those two to move on. Hmm. Okay. Like I, I think it makes things easier it's just a clean slate for everybody if those two guys are not here. And it's crazy to think, right? Uh we're a week away from the twelfth anniversary of the twenty ten Stanley Cup mm-hmm. that we're thinking like, well yeah, they you know, it would probably benefit them to get rid of Kane and Taves. It's it's such a I never thought in my life I would say that, but mm-hmm. you kind of need to tear the band-aid off here and and just do it and start fresh and get a whole new look, get a whole new attitude in there. Um and by if they do trade the Brinkit and they do not re- bring back Dylan Strom, that's not going to sit well with Patrick Kane. Not that mm-hmm. he's going to be pissed off or pout or not play well or whatever, but it's going if, to, if they're, if he's thinking about moving on, I think that would probably encourage that move for him. Um, but mm-hmm. again, the opportunity is truly there for him to pass Stan Makita. And mm-hmm. that's something that as a Hawks fan, my whole life, I never, ever thought anyone would break those records That is the icon. That is Mr. Blackhawk, right? Uh, And for Patrick Kane to be within striking distance of that is huge. And, you know, he's won three Cups. He's won a Conn Smythe. He's, you know, he's accomplished everything a player can accomplish. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's going to have a statue outside the United Center. He's going to have his number in the rafters. So, Patrick, what is it that you want now? Do you want another chance to win? Or do you want to finish up your career here and be the all-time greatest Blackhawk unquestioned and and call it a day from there so and i think with that achievement also becomes also comes the best american-born player ever which i think is is certainly in the conversation for patrick kane as well
0: it's kind of sad when you see situations like that because crosby it did not go like this at all in pittsburgh where they've been able to walk that line and keep this contention window yep they're just it's
1: <laughs> they're cat like man, but l- that's cap management chase that, yeah i mean that's you know, Stan Bowman gives Taves and Kane ten and a half million and a no movement cause, then rewards Brent Seabrook for past performance mm-hmm. with an absurd deal that was horrible the day it was signed. Like we all everybody loves Brent Seabrook. Mm-hmm. there's chunks of Brent Seabrook on the United Center Ice to this day, right? That guy gave everything he ever had to this organization. But you don't re-sign that guy to an eight-year deal when his decline is three years underway. It's it's absurd. Mm-hmm. What the Penguins did is they paid Crosby slightly under market. They paid mm-hmm. Malkin slightly under market. Latang, and when you have those, you pay those guys 2 million bucks under their value to stay in Pittsburgh and be happy, that's 6 million extra dollars you have.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's
1: another all-star player or two that you can bring in to supplement the depth. Look as we look at these teams that are in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now, mm-hmm. and the teams that made it anyway, it's depth. Colorado can roll four lines. You know, Tampa has done it two years in a row, maybe Mm. three this year. And you look at those Blackhawks dynasty teams. Yeah, they had Taves and Kane and Hosa and Keith and Seabrook, but they had Jalmerson and Sharp and Oduya and Brian Campbell. And it goes on and on and on. And they're able to roll four lines because they were that deep and they had drafted and developed that well. The Penguins did that at first, built those dynasties, and then to maintain their success, created more manageable contracts for them, for the organization. And we're able to keep the team competitive longer. Mm. It it feels a lot to me like Stan spent a lot of his time negotiating against himself. If he said to Kane and Taves, look, I want to give you each, you know, you're probably worth 10 and a half million on the open market. Let's call it nine. You're going to be Blackhawks for life. This will allow us to bring in more players to help you and keep us competitive longer and keep you happier longer on the ice. I think that's a pretty easy sell to those guys, knowing that like I said, they're gonna have their numbers in the rafters, they're gonna have statues, they're gonna be Black Hawk's ambassadors on the payroll until the days they die for two million bucks a year. I think both those guys would have said, Hell yeah, sign me up. And the Hawks would be in a way better look if 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 just that happened, mm-hmm. Tavo Teravine is still a Blackhawk. Hmm. I mean, really that it's or or Tommy Panarin or whoever, whichever cap casualty you want to single out. If the cap had been managed better by Stan Mm -hmm. Bowman, the Hawks would not be in the position they're in right now. And then he went this summer, last summer, rather traded for Seth Jones, gave him a huge deal with huge money. And I like Seth Jones, but he's overpaid by a million bucks and they gave up an extra first round pick too much to get him. It's it's asset mismanagement. And the best thing to happen to the Blackhawks organization is Stan Bowman's resignation. And it sucks that it came on the heels of a sexual assault cover-up, which is inexcusable and horrible. But at least it got Stan Bowman out of there because mm-hmm. it had to happen years ago. He was he lost his damn mind with that zebra contract, and it's been downhill since then.
0: If you had to guess how it ends with Patrick Kane, what do you think?
1: I think he stays. I think okay. he wants to be here. I think he'll sign a uh, you know two or three year contract extension mm. um at a you know it less money uh to to stay here and uh i hope that's what he does and uh and and breaks the record i, I truly think he wants to be here um yeah. taves i don't have that feeling you know I, I think but i also kane,
0: just we don't know because like kane hasn't gone through that multiple years of just horrific hockey where he's playing with well, some you can yeah. you
1: could argue that patrick kane is the is playing the best hockey he's ever played now yeah which is like, it's crazy. Like mm-hmm. he was great during the dynasty, but he, so is, you feel
0: almost guilty about wasting that uh, at the end here. Well, as a Blackhawks fan, right?
1: A little bit. Yeah, a little bit, but I mean, again, they've accomplished so much. And Patrick Kane is a real smart hockey mind. He hmm. knows the game. He, yeah, I think he's got GM or front office in his future someday. And uh, I think he knows the reality of the situation here. And look, they, Sam Bowman tried to do the plug-and-play sort of thing, like, oh, let's bring in some veterans and see what we can do. Let's pad some holes that way, and it just has not worked. So that opportunity has been attempted. But when you fire Joel Quenville and bring in Jeremy Colleton and you've got players in the locker room looking at Colleton like, who is this guy? Like, what, <laughs> what is he going to teach us? Mm-hmm. He's younger than us. We're better than him. There's nothing this guy can teach us about hockey, and and maybe he could, but he's they weren't going to listen to it. Mm-hmm. These strong like Seabrook and Keith and Taves are going to listen to Jeremy Callahan. No, that's another huge miss. And maybe Callahan will be a, a good coach somewhere else, but it was the wrong fit at the wrong time in Chicago, and uh, and it set hmm. the organization
0: back big time. There you go, uh, Jay. What can the good folks check out from you this week? Uh, the CHGO Blackhawks podcast is five
1: days a week, there Monday through Friday. We've got fresh podcasts for you. We're also live on YouTube uh, every day, Monday through Thursday at 11 a.m. Friday is audio only. Also on the Blue Wire Network, I've got the I'm Fat podcast, where me and my partner, Rick Camp, uh, talk about uh, being fat. We talk about fast food. We try some things. We talk about the struggles of being a, a portly gentleman. Uh, uh-huh. It's a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, and uh, we're very happy to be part of Blue Wire uh, and look forward to that continued partnership because it's an awesome place to be uh, with awesome awesome podcasts like yours.
0: Well, I appreciate that. So go to subscribe, check out his great work all across Chicago, with uh, Chicago Blackhawks and Blue Wire and all that good stuff. Jay, thank you so much for making the time. This was a lot of fun.
1: Appreciate it. Anytime. All
0: right, that'll do it for today's edition here on the Chase Most Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed Hour 3 with Jay, talking all things Blackhawks. Um, so I very much enjoyed it, and I hope you guys did as well. If you did, make sure that you leave this show a five star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If that is how you listen to today's program, uh, go check out all of our other great shows across the Blue Wire Pod Network: Greenlight with Chris Long, Wide Receiver One with uh, Chris Carter, uh, Insight with Chris Van Fleet. Just uh, an amazing lineup of shows here on Blue Wire Pod. So go check those out at BluewirePods.com today. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, like and subscribe. Chase the most podcasts right there and uh, check out the homepage, chasemospodcast.com, and look out for all of our other great shows and content coming up over the next couple of days, more shows tomorrow and over the weekend as we get this summer moving. Uh, thank you, as always, for tuning in and making the Chasemos Podcast part of your Saturday listen, and uh, I will talk to you guys tomorrow. I'm Derek, i Derek. how to do?